0: Whatever ye friends, round your flickering campfires and listen to tales of daring, horror and high adventure from the worn pages of history. Set aside the other podcast that you've been marking time with till we came back and hearken instead to the voices of your storytellers because we're back
1: again, baby.
2: For series three of
0: The
1: Silly History
0: Boy Show. Back once again for the Renegade Master, 8 for History, S to the Silly.
1: Oh, it's nice to be back, so nice again, all this work. Yes, the only podcast about history that is in actuality a radio show with jokes and fights is here again for a third time. Still doing it for free? Yep. Idiots. Unless we just sell out. I mean, we could just do, like, Key Stage 2 stuff and get rid of all the killing and the fart jokes. Nah, nah. In which case, power wash the killing floor and oil the fart cannon. But no naughty words. So if you have kids and you don't like them, they can listen too, if they're, you know, silly. But
2: enough about us. How are you, dear listener?
1: Oh, wow. I felt that. The full force of his handsomeness. Silence!
2: Who are we? And what have we all been listening to? To fill the yawning gap in our lives while we've been away from ourselves.
0: I am your dear Uncle Bob-Bob, and I've been conjoining my hobbies of middle-distance running and history with an interesting show called Dante's Jogging Inferno.
2: Run, fatty. Run, or be damned for all time.
0: My 5K time is up, and so are my nightmares.
2: I am Uncle Bilbo, and I have filled my time and my heart with mashed potato sculpture for dummies. Look, I've sculpted you three.
1: Ta-da! But those are just three bums. I paint what I see. I am the disgraced East Anglian scalextric champion and dry brush pervert known only as the Pear Bear. And I have been listening to Metal Mickey, all 368 Disney songs reimagined in heavy metal. Oh, I want to be like you. Ah! And I am Tombo. And I've been
2: working hard developing my just a show, organizing rehearsals for a pandemic hit summer of brilliant history in some incredibly historic venues, doing some fabulous sword fights, finding my friends loads of work.
0: Tombo, podcasts,
2: podcasts, Tombo. Only losers do podcasts.
0: Oh, my soft boy's ego! Oh my ego! It's in tatters! Dashed upon the rocks of Egomania. There's only one way out of this. Redemption through celluloid.
1: Film? But we only work with oral. Lights, camera, action!
2: Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Silly Film Festival 2021. Let us meet our up and coming creatives and see what self
1: worth defining offerings they are putting forward to be crushed. I am the Pear Bear, and this is my epic tale of battle, woe, and more battle, woe. The piece is called You Have Been Waylaid, The Desolation of Jeff, a Fancy Pants Saga. I know we're only five minutes into the movie, men. But it would be foolish of me not to have a strong speech with stirring background music. This is no game, my brave warriors, for this is our redemption!
3: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>! <laughs> Take that! Now, I know we're in the middle of a battle, men, but it would be foolish of me not to have a quick, strong monologue with epic battle music and sword noises. Sally forth, men. Roll the dice. Who dares wins? Charge! Pear what am I watching? It's amazing, isn't it? It's like 1917, but more sword epic. Um, d- do you know, actually, this was all done in a single shot? Well, yeah. Using your GoPro? Is that Mike's rumpus room? It is! Twas a mighty battle that day, my friend. Many goblins lost their lives and much Dr. Pepper was quaffed. here's oh, sh- my Oscar bit. I know you're not long for this world, Rupert, and have much to make peace with before you depart, but it would be foolish of me not to have another monologue set to sad music about our time together and ultimately turn the focus back to me and my bravery. I mean, do you do you remember that time, Rupert, when you were hanging from that rope bridge by a single hand and I reached out to grab your hand as the orc cut the rope off the rope bridge and I rolled a 16 on a D20, which was enough to pass the safety seat and grab your wrist and then you said, OMG, that was like so stush, I'd love to play Risk with you for retro lols and then I said Behold and
3: uh... Oh he's dead <coughs>
1: Engrates Those were some of my best
3: critical hits
1: A
0: Nice work, Stephen Pepper. Now sit down. There's only one way out of this.
2: Hello everybody, I'm Uncle Bilbo. And my presentation is...
1: A Crayola Animation Studios presents your Star Trek fanfic, The Vulcan Who Found His Smile?
2: No. My piece explores the origin of the moving picture.
1: Oh, boring. Oh, I've got an idea. Tombo, writhe for us. And start a hot
2: panic here at the film festival. No way. A story of intrigue and invention. Mystery and moving pictures. This is the artiste formerly known as Louis Le Prince. The subject of our story was born 28th of August, 1841, in Metz, France. Some have credited him as the father of cinematography. His name was Louis M. Augustin Le Prince, and I bet you don't know who he is.
1: Like any modern day franchise worthy of my attention, we need a silly origin story.
2: Set in the Victorian era, middle of the 19th century, Attention, Sergeant Sleepyhead. Operation Get Out of Bed is a go. Time
3: waits for no man. Albert! Augustine!
1: <sighs> well, that it does not, Papa Le Prince. But I must point out that it depends on the man. For the individual, time may speed up or slow down. Yes, <laughs>
2: yes. Very true, Albert. Luckily, you're not a military man like me, my boy. A major of artillery in the French army, and an officer of Légion d'Honneur. You wouldn't cut the French mustard, me boy. Stick to architecture, I'm sure you'll be good at that one day. Childhood exposition and familial ties for breakfast, Papa? I'd much rather have pastries and a bowl of hot chocolate with no spoon. I need to get a wiggle on. Well, show some individuality and slow time, Augustine. It's all very well and good for the individual that time may speed up or slow down whereas for science, it remains the same. Off to
1: Monsieur Daguerre's studio again, Augustin. Studying photography and chemistry, no doubt. Uh, Yes, Papa. Good friend of mine
2: is old Louis Daguerre, and a bit of a pioneer in the world of photography. Now come, eat up. You don't want this backstory going cold, and you don't want to be late for Louis, Augustin
1: Le Prince. It's a good thing we don't call you Louis, Augustin. Why's that? Well, your first name is actually Louis, but we all call you Augustine. Why is that,
2: Papa? It's because we're history people and we like to be confusing.
1: Oh, fun!
2: Barrels. Oh, have no fear, Augustine. I'm sure that the future people may call you Louis Le Prince or even Gus. But for now, stick with Augustine, as it's quite likely you were named in order of Louis Daguerre.
1: Confusing! What japes?
2: Yes, thank you, Papa. Enjoy your scrambled backstory. Au revoir.
0: Good morning, dear Augustine. How does today find you? It finds me well, Monsieur Daguerre. And how's your father? Still a fine upstanding military man, my good friend, and uh, who is related to whom, delineator of the highest order. Are you two, like... In a club? Uh, No, but we did go into the Cramming Information for Lazy Writers Expo together. Expo? Oh my yes! It's short for exposition. Mm. Yeah. Well strap in, young Augustine. Do we recall that we've been learning about my photographic process, the together-type? We do now. To make a together-type image one, of course, polishes a sheet of silver-plated copper to a mirror finish. Then one chemically treats it to make its surface sensitive to light. Expose it in a camera so the resulting after image is visible after fuming it with mercury vapor, of course. Of course. Then one fixes the image through liquid chemical treatment. Rinse and dry, and bada bing bada boom, seal the delicate resulting photo and a protective glass cover. Ideally, with everyone making miserable faces. Well. That was interesting, if somewhat of a waste of the listener's time. Promised your old papa I'd be furrow, though, didn't I? Wouldn't want to be confusing. Plus, he said that the family would call you Augustine, so I could keep Louis as... As not
2: to be confusing, yes.
0: Exactly. You have a keen sense of how finger ma interact and a flair for the dramatic young Augustine. May I suggest that you study a bit of art in Paris, and then go on to the University of Leipzig for further chemistry?
2: What? Right now?
0: Time waits for no man, young Augustine. Those fine Parisian coffees and banging fortified German wines won't cough themselves, you know.
2: Thank you so much for all you've taught me, Monsieur
0: Daguerre. No thanks, needed my boy. Take all you know and go be great. And call me Louis, Monsieur Le Prance. Confusing. Le Prance would indeed go on to study painting in Paris and chemistry at the University of Leipzig. Can I smell fortified alco-pops? Must be two for one in the student bar in Leipzig in 1866.
2: Augustine Le Prince. Gus. Ah, there you are. John Whitley. Sorry I'm late, I couldn't find you. Fortified Friday. Leipzig is rum tonight. Here, one, two, three. SHOT! Shot. Time stands still for no man, and here we are at the end of our Leipzig journey. What are your plans, John? Thought I'd do what any good ageing post-grad does and take it one shot at a time. Un, deux, trois, shot! But seriously, Gus, my father's firm, whitley Partners, The fast-paced world of pump and valve production, eh? Oh yeah, sexy stuff. Well, he's looking to expand into France and we could do with a bilingual go-getter like you. Come to the city of Leeds with me. Leeds? is in Northern England? Oh, it's all wool, inclement weather and LOLs, isn't it? I don't think my banter is nearly good enough. Oh, come on, Gosh, You've got genial bants. I'll have my mum knit you a loll over for winter. I don't know, John. I'm at the age where I have to start thinking about things like career and, and starting a family. Well, I do have a sister. Lizzie. She's a brilliant mind and- Let me stop you there, John. No need to expound on her physical attributes, too. (laughs) Oh, gross, Gus. She's my sister. I couldn't possibly describe her like that. Funny. I thought your family was originally from Wakefield. (laughs) Electral love lols. (laughs) And this man says he's
0: no banter. (laughs) But seriously, she is well fit. So Le Prince took up the offer of his friend John Whitley and moved to Leeds in 1866.
1: There, while working for Whitley Partners of Hunslet, he did indeed meet and fall in love with Elizabeth Lizzie Whitley, a talented artist in her own right.
0: And in 1869 they marry and their good times roll.
4: Gus, my love, it's 1871 and our two-year anniversary is upon us and we should commemorate it.
2: Time waits for no woman, my love. How about a stylish pillow of our faces or a cotton-spun wall awning which says it's wine o'clock?
4: Oh, you silly. I was thinking pot.
2: Lizzie Le Prince.
4: Oh, stop it, Gus. You know I mean pottery. We all know your mickey-taking has come on leaps and bants.
2: (laughs) Yeah, thanks, my love. You are well-equipped in the world of pottery and I, in the chemically burning of hilarious and inspiring quotes, onto said pot's. Okay then, shoot. So, how about, shoot for the moon. Even if you fail, you'll land among the stars.
4: Oh, shudder.
2: Follow your dreams, they know the way.
4: Oh, you don't know everything, my love. I'll have to teach you.
0: Then let's open a school. So in 1871, Lizzie and Le Prince founded the Leeds Technical School of Art. Wow. That were quick. We're as quick as a
2: daguerreotype photo, and half the chemical burns. As the years went by, the Le Prince's work in taking colour photography and fixing it onto metal and pottery surfaces would garner them great acclaim.
1: Um, Mr and Mrs Le Prince?
2: Aye, that we be.
4: Ooh, Leeds is really rubbing off on you, Gus.
2: Were you born in a barn, lad. Shut that door.
1: Oh yes, apologies. I am a government representative looking to commission your skills. Whose
4: face? What pop? Her Majesty Queen Victoria. No problem, Mr. Government Man. Anything else while we're here? Oh
1: yes. We in government want to make the year 1877 super special. And there's talk that Cleopatra's Needle is making its way to Victoria Embankment in London. I didn't know she were in it, uh. <laughs> top bants for a foreign fellow,
4: Mr. Le Prince. Cheers. Oh, of course. It's only called Cleopatra's Needle, but it predates her by a thousand years.
1: And it's a huge obelisk. Well, two huge pointy ones, actually. One's going to New York, and the other has been gifted to London. Now, when you
2: say gifted, I mean it's only a short carriage ride to the British Museum, if you
1: understand me. <laughs> Oh no, sir, I understand. No, this is one of the few times that stuff what we took is actually a gift. No, no, the Wali of Egypt, Mohammed Ali Pasha himself, has been very kind and he said he wasn't using it.
4: Hmm. It'll look magnificent.
1: Oh yes, we Brits need something big and noticeable to commemorate us sticking it to that little French slug, Napoleon. Oh, oh,
4: no offence meant, Monsieur Le Prince.
1: None taken, G-man.
4: But the victory over old Boney was 60 years ago.
1: Doesn't mean we'll shut up about it, madam ever every single victory is to be celebrated and as a bit of extra fun we want to put the queen victoria pot in a time capsule under the needle so history will never forget how awesome and infallible we as a nation are Mm.
2: great stuff what else is going in?
1: Oh, well, um, hmm, let me see. Um, right, in order of importance, a set of twelve photographs of the best-looking English women of the day. You're right, Lord. A box of hairpins, a box of cigars, several tobacco pipes, a set of imperial writs a baby's bottle, some children's toys, a shilling razor, a hydraulic jack, and some samples of the cable used in the erection. A three-foot bronze model of the monument. A complete set of contemporary British coins. A rupee. A written history of the transport of the monument. A translation of the inscriptions. Copies of the Bible in several languages a copy of John 316 in 215 languages, a copy of winter's Almanac, a Bradshaw Railway Guide, a map of London,
4: and copies of ten daily newspapers. Crikey. Sounds like an expensive undertaking. Well, the project is costing
1: £15,000 of public money and requires a bespoke cigar-shaped ship called the Cleopatra building just to try... Oof,
2: well, watch out for the Bay of Biscay. As a Frenchman, I can tell you it's a bit dicey out there.
4: Oh, I do hope nobody perishes. Oh, if any of our British volunteers do
1: get horribly crushed on handover, we'll stick their names on the needle's plinth. Then we'll scrap the Cleopatra ship altogether. Job's done. A small price to pay for rubbing it in Napoleon's stupid garlic-munching face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry, Mr. Prince.
2: Again, no need to apologise, sir. To be based in Britain is to break faith with the French. I read the guidebook.
4: Merci. Au revoir. Well, what an exhausting scene that was. How about a holiday, love? Let's hold off for a year and go see Cleo's Needle in London. Capital idea. Then how about we hold on three more years and go and see the one in New York?
0: Leaving us plenty of time to pack. In 1881, Le Prince would travel to the United States on behalf of Whitley
1: Partners of Hunslet. His contract finished. He would stay on in the States and be joined by his family. There, he was responsible for managing a small group of French artists who produced large panoramas, usually of famous battles, which were exhibited in New York City, Washington, D.C., and Chicago. During these American years, Le Prince began to experiment with moving pictures and his 16-lens
0: camera started to capture images not in the United States, but back in his homeland of France.
2: Ah, it's good to be back in France, Paris, 1877, and all is well. Sorry, Mr Le Prince, did the say check the exposure or the exposition? Hmm? Nothing, sir. It looks like we're up and running, Monsieur Le Prince. Excellent work. Um... Well now, I can't just call you a camera mechanic, can I? Uh, No, sir. A cursory Google search doesn't record my name, but it's most likely exotically French, you know. I'll call you Dave. Really, sir? Apologies, Dave. I have been living in predominantly English-speaking countries and now no longer have the inclination or desire to treat you with basic decency. Very good, sir. Right, Dave. I want you to start running from Roubauchard-de-Saron and turn the corner onto Avenue Trudane. And then what? I shoot you. I beg your pardon? Oh, it's just a phrase, that'll become standard. I will capture your images with my 16 lens camera. The first moving image? Not quite. It'll be a series of photographs, 16 in all. I doubt it'll be considered to be the first moving image, but we'll see when we wrap. Horse in dog, or Cypress Hill boss? (laughs) Oh no, silly. It's another filmic term, you'll catch on. Ready and let's get some traction for my Satis action! Snappy, boss. Yeah, that looks great, boss. Yeah, The exposure, look, it's erratic from lens to lens. couple of the images almost completely bleached out too. There is clearly much work still to be done, Dave. Significant test though, boss. Indeed. It sort of looks like you're just walking, though. Ah, just title it Man Walking Around the Corner. And we'll, you know, sort it in post. Well, look at you. Right then, back to Leeds. In
1: 1887, Le Prince returned to Leeds. And by 1888, work on the
2: single-lens camera is in full flow. 14th of October, 1888, single lens camera test, Awkward
0: Grange, Round a Leeds. Father? Yes, Adolph my boy. Grandpa Joe says if you don't come inside and eat, he's going to smash into his Yorkshire puddings and you can bloom with well film, that.
2: <laughs> you can take the man out the iron foundry, but you can't take the iron out of the man. Go get Grandpa and Grandma Sarah, will you? Oh, and Annie Hartley too. Don't want to take in a run at my gravy. Yes, father. Oh, this is going to be good. I can feel it.
1: This way, Grandpa Joe. I've got them, father. Mint. Make it quick, son-in-law. I'm about to forge on through some delicious mashed potatoes.
4: Oh, do shush, Joe. We are about to be immortalised. Right then, for this take, can we do a bit of leisurely
2: walking? Grandma Sarah, a bit of dancing? Flossing or popping, dear? Groover's choice, Sarah. Ooh, backwards boogaloo it is, dear. Grandpa Joseph, let's get those coattails really flying as you're turning. Who am I to argue with immortality? Mm, Let's have some energetic walking from you, Adolf. And Annie, can you do some sort of strange stiff movement like a cheap robot vacuum cleaner having a freak out?
4: Stop ragging on sucko, Gus. It's trying its best.
0: And traction for the action. And with that, the round hair garden seed is done, Father. It's looking proper class, are Dad? That it is, Adolf.
2: We're using paper based photographic paper for this. Gone are the days of shooting onto a single glass plate.
1: Bye, Eckers. And he's gone all sucko on the gravy.
2: By all means, go rescue dinner, Grandpa. Grandma. Oh,
0: thank you, dear. That was fun. Don't let Annie destroy the crackling grandma.
2: Whoa, whoa, hang on there, son. Let's get a quick one of you playing your accordion on the stepsy grandparents' house.
0: Fine, father, but make a note of it. I don't want people thinking I've only got one outfit.
1: So here the family was indeed immortalized. A nice send off for Sarah Whitley, who would die 10 days later. Wow, I came out of nowhere, Jesus.
2: In late October of 1888, Le Prince, accompanied by his son, Adolphe, would shoot arguably his finest work. They filmed from the
1: premises of Hicks the Ironmongers,
2: which today is a British waterways building by Leeds Bridge.
1: Love me a bridge. The busiest street in
2: Leeds. So much movement. Look, Father, you can see the smoke from the clerk's pipe. So much detail. I'd love to see Thomas Edison's lot get this crisp. The
0: cold crisps? Chips?
2: <laughs> As an adopted son of this town, I will be forever adamant that Americans talk all wrong like,
0: You really whizzed on his chips, father.
2: <laughs> and I'd capture that too, crisply. Meanwhile, in the United States.
3: Chips? Chips as in a thin slice of potato that has either been deep fried or baked until crunchy or fries is in Do you want fries with that? I don't know, Mr. Edison. They just say it's a bridge. And it's crisp. Darn it all to heck. Well, it looks like I'll have to insinuate myself into this story and make it all about me.
1: U.S.A. U.S.A. U.S.A.
3: Tell me, does this loosely strung together jumble of words, laughably calling itself a story, have a bad guy? Not that I know of, sir. Mm, this bridge may be a problem, but bridges often come with trolls. Mm. A patent troll, sir? Shall we ask a little Nikki Tesla? Don't answer that. Let us keep a close eye on our crisp friend from across the pond.
1: In September 1890, Le Prince was preparing for a trip back to the United States. And then my dearest Lizzie, you and the family
4: will join me. Oh, it's a long haul trip, darling. Do take a good book.
2: I'm breaking the trip up. I'm off to see my brother in Dijon.
4: Do give Albert my best. Tell him I love his mustard.
2: I'm hoping for more than mustard. Albert owes me money. Inheritance money.
4: Is there something you're not telling me, Gus? Are we financially perilous?
2: No, no, Mon Cherie. Though I have sunk considerable monies into my invention, this money is to be a safety net. When I display my work in America, well, then we'll see. Everybody will remember the name Louis Le Prince.
0: On the 16th of September 1890, Louis Le Prince boarded a train to Paris and was never seen again.
2: The last person to see Le Prince at the Dijon station was his brother Albert. The authorities and his family undertook exhaustive searches but never found him. So what happened? Well we don't really know. But we can have fun guessing.
3: I love my invention the Edison phonograph. I get to record my favorite sound me plotting.
1: You wanted to see me Mr Edison? (laughs)
3: Yes, yes. Have that French guy in Leeds killed. Bring me all his stuff and all the credit, and don't forget to defecate on his fries. Yes, sir.
2: Is that thing still on, sir?
3: What? Oh, for God, sir.
2: That's a bit silly, isn't it? bit Hollywood.
0: It would make for a great ending. Well, Louis Le Prince's widow, Lizzie, definitely thought that something was up
1: and maintained that suspicion right up until her death in 1925. Le Prince was about to patent his 1889 projector in the UK and then go to America for his official exhibition in New York. Not much evidence of foul play, though.
2: Well, how about this? In 1898, Adolphe Le Prince was called as a witness for the American Mutoscope Company a motion picture company founded in 1895. He was called as a witness in their litigation with Thomas Edison.
1: By citing Le Prince's achievements, Mutoscope hoped to dash Edison's claims that he invented the moving picture camera. Adolphe and Lizzie hoped that this would garner recognition
0: for Louis's achievements. But when the case went in favour of Edison, their hopes were crushed.
2: Still though, I mean it's the American justice system after all.
0: Two years later,
2: Adolphe Le Prince was found dead on Fire Island near New York. Shot to
1: death whilst duck hunting. Like I said, the American justice system. How about fratricide perhaps? Albert killed him for the inheritance money.
0: No, Lizzie didn't buy that. The letters between the brothers showed a deep and loving relationship.
2: Plus, did Albert need the money? I mean, he was a success in the world of architecture. As his father
1: foresaw. That was you being silly. The favoured theory for his disappearance is that, having failed to get his moving picture working to his high standards, and now in a great deal of debt, he chose to take his own life.
2: But why didn't Albert, who was the last person to have seen his brother alive, know Le Prince was suicidal? He didn't try to stop Louis. And why didn't he report his brother's mental state to the police before it was too late? Sometimes you just don't see it. The many masks of depression, perhaps.
1: Check on your mates, yeah? In
0: 1897, Louis Le Prince was declared legally dead.
1: And became largely forgotten.
0: Not by me. He's all
1: over the inside of first Leeds buses. And don't forget the blue heritage plaques. Despite Le Prince's struggles and setbacks, we have been left with substantial evidence of his achievements. His
2: multi-lens and single-lens cameras, both held by the National Science and Media Museum in Bradford,
0: not far from Leeds. What a fascinating Victorian mystery. I know, right? In which we miss massive chunks of his life. Yeah, I know, right? And slander one of America's most influential historical
3: figures.
1: Ah, I know. Right. Well here's hoping the Edison Estate isn't still a slam dunk monster in the courtroom. This whole script was a bit threadbare on the workings and creation of the first moving pictures, no? What do you want from me? I can barely use iMovie on my phone. While you're here at the silly History Boys Film Fest 2021, why not check out the 2013 documentary The First Film by David Nicholas Wilkinson and Guerrilla Films that Bilbo totally ripped from. (laughs) Oh yeah, went total Edison. Shut up, will you? And don't ever do
0: science again. We do hitting people with swords. So for all the filmic silliness, northern banter, and defamation of Thomas Edison, we are, like Uncle Bilbo feels,
1: sorry! The Silly History Boys, episode 35, or season 3, episode 1, or the artist informally known as Louis Le Prince, was written and performed by the Silly History Boys. The part of Louis Le Prince was told they would never work in this town again by Will, Uncle Bilbo Tristram. The parts of Louis Daguerre, Adolphe Le Prince, and Thomas Edison were dragged off stage after taking too long with their award acceptance speech by Rob, Uncle Bob Bob Bond. The parts of Papa Le Prince, John Whitley, Dave the Mechanic and Edison's assistant were filmed in an undisclosed location for the cheap labour and tax cuts by Tom Tombo-Furmore. The parts of Albert Le Prince, Government Man and Joseph Whitley were trapped in a hotel room and asked just how badly they wanted to be famous by Stu the Pear Bear Perry. The parts of Lizzie La Prince and Sarah Whitley were told if they just did this one part for the money, they could do as many projects with actual artistic value as they liked by Catherine the Hankinator Hanky. The part of Annie Hartley was pulled over by the police for driving erratically and then filmed having a tirade against an entire race of people by Gloria Agatha Lind, sound effects and music from Zapsplat.com. Thank you, Zapsplat.com. The tracks "Absolution" and "Come All Ye Faithful" and quite a few other songs were by Scott Buckley. Thank you, Scott, for your fabulous music as always. Thanks go to Lord Fast Fingers as ever for his intro music and general noodlings. And then, as it says here in my notes, social media. So don't remember, don't forget, listeners. Always check us out. On the Soch. That's it. You can find it. It's in the description of the episode. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Sillyhistoryboysshow.gmail.com I think that's the email. Send us an email. No one ever sends us an email. So, yes. Social media. Or just tell someone about our show. And then they can tell some people about our show as well. And then everyone's listening to our show. And we can all quit our horrible jobs. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. pulling away outside still here i'm gonna pause i'm gonna pause i'm gonna pause because of someone driving their car badly in my street and now i have to use my finger on the space button bar key ah!
0: will you shut up please and don't ever do science again we do hitting people with swords that's what we do we've carved out our milieu why are we why are we moving away from wars and that why isn't there a war? I like doing the ones when there's wars. There's something up with me. <laughs> I tell you, actually, boys and girls, I've bought some books recently with a mind to doing less wars. Because <laughs> you're a thirsty little war geek, can't you, Uncle Bob? Bob, why are you join the army then? Because you, you, because you're soft. You might get hurt. Seems as good a reason as any.